rugged dog, funky ass, thug, thug, thug. I went solo on that ass, but it's still the same. Long Beach is the spot where I serve my chain. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Nine trips ain't the year's there for me to fuck up, shit. So I ain't holding nothing back, and motherfucker, I got five on the 20 slack. It's like that, and as a matter of and this is dumb shit. Smart people. I am Dobbs, your host. Happy Sunday. Happy life. I hope shit's going great for you. If not, fuck with me for about a half an hour to an hour. Let's enjoy a little bit of time together. I appreciate you being part of my journey. That's the type of shit that we on. Again, they call me Jobs. Um, and I've been wanting to go back to blog talk for a minute because I feel more comfortable on blog talk. Like I can get baked during the show, feel good about myself or better about myself, better about life in general. Like we make shit so much better. Shout out to A1. That's the plugs plug. The, the connoisseur's connoisseur. You feel me? Um, what you doing today? What did you do the first thing? When, the first thing in the morning when you got up, what was the first thing you did? Literally. Is everybody getting on their phone as soon as they wake up now? People tell, talk about... uh uh. They don't want the government watching them. The government doesn't have to watch you. We're allowing the government into everything we do the first thing in the morning. And it's usually not text messages or to see who called you. It is social media of some kind. I myself am just as guilty as everybody else. we allowing them into our living rooms, our bedrooms, our whatever. We ain't even reading the contracts anymore. And, and honestly, I can't tell you I've ever read the whole uh, contract for my cell phone, ever. Is there anybody out there that has read the entirety of a cell phone contract? Please, leave a comment. Let me know. The dope shit about, and this is, I guess, let me, let me, let me explain uh, uh, what I envision for dumb shit smart people. Like, I really would like to get people like Neil Tyson, DeGrasse, Neil DeGrasse, I always get that fucked up. Neil DeGrasse Tyson, I, I know I'm fucking up your name, bro, but y'all get my point really smart people that seem at least outside looking in, that seem like like you could have a regular conversation with them about dumb shit. What toilet paper do they use? Like I would ask Barack Obama that, or President Barack Obama, my apologies. I would ask him shit like that. People would be so they would be so upset with me. I would get slammed, but I'm curious. What Toilet paper does do the, the do the Obamas use? 
is it is it separate for for him and her like different shit or do he just use whatever the fuck she go by or do they send somebody out to go buy the shit is it like is there like what's the rich people toilet paper that's one thing i don't think that i've i've ever seen anybody like oh i've got gucci toilet paper does that exist is there a such let me see if there's <laughs> Oh my goodness! I told you I'm 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 slightly baked, but six rolls of banknote toilet Disney Gucci. Oh, those are sticky notes. Wow, premium bamboo toilet paper, sixty fucking dollars to wipe your ass. Oh hell no! It doesn't give me a price, but there is. It looks like Gucci toilet paper. Oh hell no! This is this can't this cannot be true. This shit says it's seven. And this is bear with me now. This is some shit QC. Actually, it's got Khan in the name QConline.com. But it's Gucci toilet paper for seven hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Wow. Okay. They got a Louis Vuitton fucking toilet that costs a hundred stacks. Are you fucking kidding me? A Louis Vuitton toilet. Wow. I'm curious. Would you get a Louis Vuitton toilet? That is something under no circumstances, and this is no slander to Louis Vuitton, I'm not hating on them or whatnot. I don't really care. Um, although I will say I do care. I will say that if you're going to spend that type of bread, there are plenty of black folks out here that love to make shit that are phenomenal designers and they're struggling. That bread you spending on them, spend on them. Just saying. Anyway, but I could be a billionaire and I wouldn't even consider buying a Louis Vuitton toilet. Now would I get a, a toilet that that consumes more water? Probably. Like I'd get one of them super just you know, flushes with the maximum force and shit. I would I'm not getting a boudet. And if I said that wrong, somebody will correct me. But I, I'm 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 just seems weird. You know, there are people people who have those or have used them like they oh they're great you'll never that's just weird um and i'm not no judgment respectfully still weird um man a hundred thousand dollars on a toilet oh my god man oh do you feel any different like when you when you taking a dump after you shit, does that feeling feel any different than the non Vuitton toilet? You feel more important. Is it is it a, a an easier bowel movement? I need to know. Like I and I strongly suggest. I mean, I, I, I don't, not suggest, but I I expect that. Super rich people will probably never hear this show. But if 
at some point in the future of mankind, somebody extremely wealthy happens to hear this clip of this show, I need to know what is the upside of spending $100,000 on a toilet. I would greatly appreciate that. I should just end the shit right there. You know, make it just a super I got I got this thing that I'm coming up with too. Um we're gonna call them micropods. And what I'm gonna do is just give you like fifteen minute podcast. Like some shit that you can drive, you know, like that's pretty much anybody's ride to work, at least a part of it. You know, most people, 15 minutes is, you know, 15 to a half an hour, I'm assuming. Some people drive longer than that, but on average, you know, 15 minutes. So you can, I can take you to work or at least be part of your journey in the morning. And we're going to call them micropods. And you heard it here first on dumb shit, smart people. I'm working on that shit too, man. I got to get that shit like, you know, I want to be like Michael Buffer, you know, like, let's get ready to that dude. I, oops. I'm, I, I Hopefully I don't get flagged for that shit because I did not mean to do the whole thing. Um, and I know I wasn't, but dude is hyper particular about that shit, which he should be, I guess. You know, I've been doing it for a long time. Made that shit famous. You know, like his own brother can't even say that shit. And don't don't I'm 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 so, I don't no idea why I am like obsessed now with high end toiletries. When you first moved into your first apartment, what did you have? I I don't even remember like the first apartment I had was pretty horrible. Um, it was like it was right around the block from my mom's, but it was like the worst one in a really nice neighborhood. Okay, so. I wasn't there long, so I, I remember having a bed. A bed. I don't even think I had like living room furniture. You know. Um, but then I moved down the street. And down the street was a really nice apartment. Oh my god, it was dope. Uh, and it like I, I've been. I, I was a nurse early, early, early on. So I was making a lot of money from somebody who's nineteen legally, and. Man, it had the little the little gate on it, you know, to 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 get into my uh, parking lot. Oh my God, man! People seeing that was like, oh, this you rich? No, I'm not rich, but I'm doing all right, you know. Uh, oh, the whole shit was dope. But anyway, long story short, um, what did I have in there? My mom's gave me like one of everything for the kitchen, like one pot, you know, one skillet. You know, um, actually, she gave me m- more dishes, um, you know, as far as like cups and shit like that. But she gave me like two uh, sets of, of, of silverware, um, and I, I and I had nothing but some blankets. And I started like that, man. And I've, I've actually done that a few times in my life, where I had to start from scratch. So I'm not one of those people that's afraid of starting over. To be quite honest, I've done that, man. I, I, when I moved to Cleveland, I decided in my mind just one day that I needed to change because I wanted to, to see my daughters grow up. I wanted to do a couple of things, see them graduate from high school and walk them down the aisle. I've seen all my, well, I've seen my two of my daughters graduate from high school. Um, I haven't got a chance to walk anybody down the aisle yet. That would be nice. But I have been there for 
everybody's first. Well, my two daughters who who have children, they're first. I was there when they had their first child. Um, and my other daughter is currently pregnant. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying that God allows me the privilege of existing long enough to be able to see her firstborn too. You know, that's like a big deal for me. Um, and that's one of the things I also wanted to talk about, like real shit on here too. Like, like being a father has been dope, man. And I try to talk about it as much as possible. Where do you know you get tired of it? You get tired of it, but why not? Why, why should not? Why shouldn't fathers get as much love as 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 possible? We should. And I'm not knocking mothers. I, please, please, man. I I I, I uh, understand what it is to have a mother. Man, you can't tell me that somebody was a better mother than my mama. You can't. And there's a lot of people that feel the exact same way about their mother. You're supposed to. So it's absolutely no disrespect to to, to, to the sisters out there doing their thing. Um, But okay for fathers to get their love too. You know, so if you got a pops out there, show a little love. Call him up. Hey, how you doing? You know, if your dad, if you let's say you live in New York and your pops live in California, you know what you can do? You say, you know what? Let's go out to to lunch. I'm gonna cash app you some money. We're gonna go to lunch and we can FaceTime each other. The gestures for fathers mean something too. I think people tend to to misinterpret the demeanor of fathers for the emotions of fathers. It's not always one and the same. And what I mean by that is fathers are 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 kind of forced into hiding how we feel. And that's fucked up, but that's real shit. Society, our parents, our siblings, you know, everybody we know to to a large extent telling us to suppress our emotions from Jump Street. Before we can talk, there is someone that has told us, stop crying. That's for girls. Before we can talk. And that's reinforced by everybody. It's not like it's just, you know, fathers being hard on their sons. No, there are certain things that are reinforced just as much, if not more, by their mothers. You know, so it's okay to feel some shit. You know, I'm not saying, you know, like if you in your car every morning crying, you, you need to seek some help. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I ain't trying to be mad at, you know, I ain't trying to offend you. I ain't mad at you, you know, but please go get some help. You know, but the flip side of that is like if you in your car crying, you might need to do that shit. Again, we're not allowed to really express our emotions to people, so you know you, you got to take one by yourself sometimes. You know, 
let the people, the, the fathers in your life, know they matter too. I know that's a completely off track, but that's kind of the beauty of what I do. Again, my name is Jobs, and this is dumb shit. Smart people, kind of liking that. Like, like, uh, like the little, you know, I got the little inflections going, yo. And what I really, I'm, I'm trying to like bully like three people into actually four into being on the show with me. Um, I just see something, and I think it would just be really dope. And thus far, as you can tell, it's not working. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um the love true love is healing, true love is energizing. True love makes every day of your life worth living because true love is what truly matters. <sighs> That's some shit that you this is something I'm re- I'm reading on Facebook. That's some shit that you you know, when you when you y'all first get together. And the love is fresh. Are you writing that after 10 years? Or or are you writing something better? And that's another thing, you know, for my people out there that's been in a long, long-term relationship. And, and I'm going to start with 10 years plus. Do me a favor in the comments. Give us the secret. Give us advice. Be real about it. I'm going to tell you what 49 years of existence has got me as far as my thoughts on relationships. And I'm going to try to give the positive advice. Okay. Um, but listening. Listening and laughing are probably the two biggest components of a successful relationship. If you have those two in spades, I believe that y'all can survive anything else outside of, like, she shot me in the leg or some shit, like, like out ridiculous shit. But, yeah, listening... And, and and laughing. Like laughter may be the most important thing in a relationship. You ain't gonna always love that person if y'all stay together for thirty years. You may have a whole year where you don't even want to be bothered with them. The switch can go completely off, but you in it for the long haul. And you keep pushing until you can get the switch back on. Just my thoughts. Um, I'd like to hear yours if you get a moment. Oh, I want to shout out Rockwood's exit number nine. They got some fire too. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, I'm going to tell you one thing, man. What's fucking dope is... I was able to go to a store in Detroit and buy a bag of weed. Legally. 
that's some dope-ass shit that I did not think that I was going to see in my lifetime. You know, and, oh, excuse me. Speaking of shit that I've seen in my lifetime, I was born in 1972. And some of the highlights of history throughout my existence have been, and in no particular order, um, Tupac was, was murdered. Uh, Biggie was murdered. Um, we had a black president. I did not think that was going to ever happen. I really didn't, to the point that. And I'm not the biggest fan of the, the his 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 job performance, to be quite honest. But I cried when he got elected. I didn't even expect that shit, you know. Um, but I just did. Like it was it was a really big moment for me. Um, so I'll always be a, a fan of him, his family, just not necessarily his job performance again. Um, what else happened in my lifetime? Oh, the Berlin Wall fell. That was some big shit. Like if you was alive up until that point, like the the the, the East Berlin, West Berlin shit was like like that was like North Korea, South Korea is currently. Um, so them, you know. Tearing down that wall was a big deal. I don't know why Reagan like got credit for that shit. I don't know, but uh, uh, the nine eleven. The nine eleven was man. Like I remember, like I see what I was doing when I found out what happened, and I remember I watched I was watching that shit on TV. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I stepped out on the porch, and I was supposed to go to work that afternoon. And I called off of work that afternoon. And I was concerned because I thought that because they were Arabic, and in Detroit there's a huge Arab population proportionate to the rest of the country. Um I was concerned that if, they, if there was retribution against those those people out of out of racism for whatever payback whatever you want to say uh, that my family in Detroit would be in the middle of that shit uh, and, and and thank God it, it, it never nothing like that ever happened but that was a legitimate concern for me at the time um, yeah that was wow. So really, you know, yo, the OJ, that shit was like, like people don't know, bro. Like OJ was wild as fuck. Like I was at Michigan State when they read the verdict, and the entire school stopped and was watching, and you could hear. I don't know how many black people, the percentage of black people at Michigan State at that time, maybe one percent. But oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, when they was like not guilty, oh niggas lost they motherfucking mind. I swear, and 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 and, and, and white people get it uh, fucked up. They they don't you know they they want to look at it one way, but black folks didn't give a fuck about OJ. To be quite honest, like most of us thought he was a coon. 
it was a black man defeating the system and getting away with some shit. When people, you know, to this day, when white people are like, oh, OJ is guilty. Yeah, he is. There's a lot of white people that's guilty of shit, too, that's still walking around. One nigga get, 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 get off and y'all upset forever. That's the shit that that's the shit that kills me. The privilege is is that we can have a thousand white boys get off pause. But one brother beats the system and y'all wanna change the whole fucking system at that point. Y'all so angry. Y'all so mad. Oh, he got away with murder. Really? Let me ask you this. How many of them doctors that did the uh Tuskegee experiment? Got got the got got prison sentences. Um, and if they did, I hey, please hit me with the facts, cause I got a lot of dumb shit. But I know a lot of smart people. That's dope. I might have to use that in commercial. Um, let me see. And I kind of got off track there. What 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 else uh, in my lifetime? Oh, freak Nick. Yo, man. Yo, like I went I went two years in a row. Um, the first year that we went was like the second year of Freak Nick. Like the first year of Freak Nick, it was pretty much, from my understanding, it was just the HBCUs in Atlanta. And that was it. And I guess that shit was lit for them. They went back home because we didn't have social media back then. They went back home and told people they went to high school with that was at other colleges. And so the next year, the year that we went, oh, my God. It was Sodom and Gomorrah for young people, 18, 19, 20. And we literally took over Atlanta for a weekend, and there was not shit that they could do. I mean, there were there's scenes like like it ain't too many pictures, which is a good thing. Trust me, but there are scenes where literally, especially oh, if we had drones back then, like you would see for blocks on blocks on blocks, like it was a, a ticker tape parade, but full of young black people in cars, out of cars, dancing, smoking, drinking, having a good time. It was debauchery at its finest. Oh, the second year, Atlanta was not having that. They said, no, 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 y'all can come on down here, but we got this shit controlled. Matter of fact, driving down there was the first time I had ever been involved in a speed trap. Because the second time I went down there, like the first time I went down there with my boys, the second time I went down there with these three chicks I knew, thought that was a flex at the time. Um, But, like, we had, like, uh, a case of brew in the car. I was drinking. I'm not even going to front. I wasn't drinking much because I was driving. But we had open containers in the car. And so we pass uh, the uh, – I just passed one car, and he doesn't flag us. He doesn't do anything. He's just sitting there. 
And it's like a whole shitload of people coming from, from, from Michigan. And we all doing like 80, 90. And I'm thinking, okay, so we, it's a bunch of us. So maybe it was too many of us. And that's why he ain't fuck with us. We get like a half a mile up the road. And it's a cop that got like two cars already stopped. And they just slowed everybody down. They ain't stop everybody at the time. They just slowed us all down. And so then that one cop pointed at me and was like, no, pull over, bro. And the chicks I was with was like, oh, don't pull over, blase, speed, blase. I pulled the fuck over. Pulled over, um, got out, and dude knew about the freak nick. They was, you know, that's why they were there. And he was like, look, I know where y'all going. Please don't come through this bitch banging too hard. And literally, that's kind of what he was saying. Uh, and I was like, okay, bet. He ain't give me no ticket. He ain't searched the whip. Um, so that was dope. Let me get back in the ride. Go another half a mile, and it's like 20 police cars on the side of the road. And they flicking everybody else. People that blew through that dude, they getting flicked. Boo, boo, boo. Everybody, everybody, everybody. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at them like, yeah, y'all dumbasses, see? Say, yeah, play that shit correctly. Oh, but long story short, again, that that second year at Freak Nick, it, it, was, it was orchestrated. You know, but that one year, oh man, yeah, that's a moment in time. Um, let me see what else has happened. Like, oh, like, uh, I don't know that there, well, of course, Michael Jackson passing, uh, Prince passing. Man, I mean, I could go on and on with the, the list of icons that that have left and rest in peace to all of them. Um, but, oh, man, as far as, like, for my generation, like, the person, I'd say Tupac was probably the biggest impact. Tupac and maybe Whitney. Which is, Whitney's interesting story, man, and it's kind of fucked up. Like, black folks was not rocking with Whitney when she first came out. And, and Whitney's team kind of wanted her to to be you know not a soul star but a pop star so she made songs more in tune with with what white folks would buy into as opposed to what black people would buy into and i don't think she liked it and it, it rubs some black folks the wrong way but black folks loved her like she she got her card back with bobby brown but it went too far on both sides, you know, and I'm not blaming anybody at all. And unfortunately, well, you know, she's no longer with us. That was interesting, though, man. Like, man, I was rooting for, for Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. I really was, man. Like, they were they were Jigga and Beyonce on Dope. Unfortunately, but they absolutely, I think, at least for black culture, were one of those couples that will, you know, kind of be linked together forever. Um, man, rest in peace, Whitney Houston. Rest in peace, Left Eye. That was that was 
Left eye passing was a, a big one too. You know, um, and something that I don't talk about too often, um, definitely not a public thing, more of a personal situation, is when I was a senior in high school, a sister named Ebony, I was really cool with, you know. Well, I take that back. I was cool with her, but I was really cool with her dude. And, like, they were, like, one of the couples in high school. And she went to a club, and some dude murdered her. You know, and, man, I've always thought about Ebony. And what I remember is, I want to say her her funeral was at Greater Grace. Um... line to get in was blocks long. I had never seen anything like it and haven't since. And Greater Grace is like for Detroit like a big church. You know, especially at the time. When I was in high school, it might have been the biggest church in in the city or right there with them. You know, um and it was packed to capacity and they buried her in her prom dress. Like, we were that close to graduating, man. That shit was... And I remember my dude, man. Just... Man, like, you could... That shit took everything out that kid, man. To be that young. And he loved her. You feel me? Um, Man. My apologies. Um, I know that's not, you know... A big thing as far as, you know, a global perspective, but shit made a, a, a lasting impression on me. Um, and I'm trying to think, man, microwaves. The microwave came out, man, like that was some alien shit. Like, that absolutely, completely changed the game in households, literally and figuratively across the globe. And when we got a microwave, oh, man, moms was like, I am done. I don't need to cook a thing (laughs) anymore. Man, it was freedom for, for a lot of mothers. It really was. You could warm shit up. Leftovers really wasn't all that much of a thing until microwaves hit the planet, right? And that meant that moms had to cook something every day. You know, microwaves made it where, oh, you know, and then Tupperware came into play, and everybody and their mama was selling Tupperware. But anyway, microwaves was a big thing. Cell phones were a big thing. And, like, I remember being the first person in my neighborhood with a computer. And I had uh, a Commodore VIC-20. And my goofy ass did not appreciate the advantage that I had over everybody because I was the only one with it. But, man, I should have taken advantage of that shit. And act- Anyway, um, computers coming out was a huge thing in my generation. Uh, let's see. What else is a big thing in my generation? And I forget what they call my generation, uh, but again, I was born in 72. Yes, I am old as fuck. That's why I enjoy the radio 
way more. The radio is so much it, – it's freedom. Like when I say the radio podcasting, you know, like like I'm I'm not the biggest fan of having to be like live on Instagram or YouTube. And I think as far as interviews go, the person that's being interviewed is a lot freer because they don't have to worry about people looking at them. And same case with me, you know. Um so that's why I love doing just strictly uh audio anyway. Uh yeah, computers were a huge thing. Um, crack. Crack may actually be unfortunately the biggest thing to happen in my generation for my people. And and, and not in a good way, obviously. Um but yeah, man, like I remember when all of our 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 you know, we all had green grass. Like there's not too many like Detroit is not a uh it's not a brick city, you feel me? It's not it's not a like you can go to New York in some areas and not see grass for blocks. That's not Detroit. Oh, man, and so, but I remember when there were families everywhere. I also remember, like, when we first moved to uh, where I I spent most of my years um, on Seven Mile and Southfield, I moved over there in, like, third grade. When we moved over there, there was probably, uh, there were... I don't know, maybe four or five white families that I remember. And within like maybe two years, they all left except one family. And that's because that particular white family was like poor, poor. The rest of them were like pretty much middle class, upper middle class and moved up. You know, they moved to the suburbs. They got, they, they, black folks started moving in and they moved out. And the other ones, they, they had like eight or nine brothers and were just dirt poor. And no, um, but yeah, I remember like living on a block with white people and seeing you know white flight with my own eyes. I remember you know fathers in abundance. Like I remember when dudes first started selling crack. Like it was dudes that like like our neighborhood at, was known for stealing cars at a point. And this was like right before crack, and they were like really good at it. These cat, I mean, like it was not never my thing. Um, but then crack hit, and there were a couple of dudes in our neighborhood who end up being like dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like they they, they end up being like a deal in more than just our neighborhood. Um, but they put a lot of cats on in our neighborhood, and you saw. Going from, okay, I'm, I'm dressed in fly. I got a pair of Tens. Tens in Detroit is Adidas. Um, very popular to this day. Um, but I got some Tens, like Calvin Klein, some, some some Calvin Klein jackets and some hats. To I got uh, a Laredo Jeep. I got 16-inch woofers. I got, uh, you know, money in my pocket. I got big-ass gold chains. 
and that shit seemed to happen overnight. And we got to see the the, the glorious shit of, of of niggas selling dope. And I'm gonna be real with you. Like there was a summer, eh, maybe two, where selling dope and and I'm sorry, two three one. If you want to get in, you gotta press. Jeez, what I what. You press one. My bad. Um, if you want to get in on a conversation. But at one point in Detroit, like selling dope was like just a super glamorous thing. And people didn't realize the downside of those people using the dope and how that was going to affect the community. And I saw that transition. Like my neighborhood now literally looks like a bomb hit it. Like there, there used to be a distinct difference in Detroit between between what the east side looked like and what the west side looked like, and now you can't tell the difference. To be quite honest, dope has decimated a community unlike anything prior. You know, it just uh man. But I remember when it was when it was it was looking like it was going to make everybody rich. You know, um, cash started buying. And the one thing I will say about Detroit hustlers is that they were they 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 never limited limited themselves to okay, I'm just gonna sell birds or I'm just gonna sell weed. It was always let me diversify and let me go see some shit. They will always be out of town at fights or different events. You know, they they enjoyed having some money differently than people in other areas of the country that I visited. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it ended up being the biggest, you know, just, we got bamboozled with that one and didn't see it coming. And we still dealing with the results of that bad decision. And I'm not like knocking anybody. I'm not making anybody any more guiltier than myself because I played a part in that shit. I contributed to that shit. And to this day, I'm apologetic. You know, I was not, no, I was never like, you know, I was nowhere remotely in a big meets league. I just did the shit not because I really needed the money. I liked the lifestyle. I liked the shiny shit of it. But when it came down to the other side of it, I didn't want to die. You know, I didn't want to go to prison. I wanted to be able to raise my kids. So I needed to make a change. And I did, you know, um, I still did some fucked up shit, but I knew if I had continued on that path, I would not be having this conversation at this point. I really wouldn't. And it served me well making that decision. You know, like I said, I still had shit happen to me. I had life occur, you know, um, but like I knew somebody that died close to me. You know, um, as a result of of what we was involved in. So I remember that was the first time I really put it all on the line and said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna start over." My mom was living in Cleveland. I had my cousins have been here for a minute, and my aunt who's still here. Um, so one day I just decided, you know what? I left all my clothes, a lot of shoes. I left an apartment full of shit, and I packed up a garbage bag, and I got on a Greyhound, and I moved to Cleveland, and I changed a lot of my life, 
I didn't change. You know, I, I wasn't a perfect individual, but I needed to start over. And I had already had a profession. Like, I was a whole nurse at the time. I was just making really bad decisions. And those decisions were going to cut short my ability to be a father to my children. And I'd rather have distance between them than, you know, uh, I, I'm no longer here. And I think in the end, it made me appreciate being a father more, and it made me a better father, and that was my goal. Um, so, yeah, you know, I moved down here and literally started over. You know, I did that before um, I got a divorce, and I just packed up a car. And, hey, you can have the rest of that shit. I don't care. I just need to just, just give me my name back and let me move on. It was that bad. Uh, but I say that to say that if you out there and you happen to hear this clip of this show, um, today is not your worst day. It may get worse, but it's always going to get better. It's always going to get better. And if you got to start from scratch, start from scratch because you cannot pay to get your time back and you can't pay to get sanity. And some people drain you of both. When you allow people to drain you of both, you get used to it. And that's the worst thing to me of, of, of any human existence is getting used to being drained of both. It's no longer, you're not making an attempt anymore. You're just existing. And I've been through that shit. And shout out to you, 231. I don't know who you were. Um... They tapped in for a little, a, a, a little minute, but I am about to tap out. I think I didn't talk myself into a coma. I know I didn't talk you into a coma. Um, I, oh, shit, excuse me. Again, my name is Jobs, and this has been another episode of Dumb Shit, Smart People. And if you would like to get in touch with me, you can hit me up at jobstown12345 at yahoo.com. And that, not for no goofy shit, please. I get enough of that shit. Anyway, um, peace to you and your family. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Have a good one.